this episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by papaya king hot dogs tastier than filet mignon Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 75. Today's guest is an actress, writer, producer. She was a cast member of Saturday Night Live. She wrote, produced, and stars in the upcoming film Rushed. And of course, she played Elaine's roommate, Tina, in three classic Seinfeld episodes, Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Thanks again. Enjoy. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 75. Today's guest is an actress, writer, producer. She was a cast member of Saturday Night Live. You know her from Forrest Gump, a negotiator, Waywood Pines, and Dancer in the Dark. She wrote, produced, and stars in the upcoming film Rushed. And of course, she played Elaine's roommate, Tina, in three classic Seinfeld episodes. Please welcome Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Siobhan, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Right. Siobhan, this is this is great. Um, so take us back, um, nineteen ninety one. Right, you had yeah. a little, you had a break with the Golden Girls. Yeah, and then you you tried out in you tried out for the Deal, which was your first episode on Seinfeld. Tell us a little bit how that came about. Was there an audition process? Yes. Um, well, I had a run woman show, and um, my that I did at. In LA. And then from the one woman show, some people came and saw it that were doing a play called American Splendor that, you know, Harvey Picar, as many Harvey Picar fans know. So Seinfeld was a huge Harvey Picar fan, and he and Larry David went and saw it. So they said, We'd want you to come in and audition for Elaine's roommate. And um, so I did. And I went over to Warner Brothers. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I was supposed to be Elaine's roommate. And Jerry was there and there was a girl in high school that was really popular and all the boys liked her. So I just did an invitation of her and she was like, all the boys, I'm from upstate. So all the boys, she always be like, oh my God. And she laughed at <laughs> jokes and she talked really slowly and she'd always like pinch me and go, shut up. <laughs> so I just like literally was like, that's the way I did it. And Jerry loved it. It was hysterical. And I remember leaving and thinking, oh my gosh, I think I definitely got that part. So um, I lived with my roommate, PJ Clifton, who actually now is the producer of the movie Rushed that I just wrote. He lives in Matawan, New Jersey. He was a freshman at Catholic U when I was a first year graduate student. So I was very mature hanging around with the freshmen. Then we ended up living together. We both have red hair. One thought we were brother and sister. And um, so I went home and I got the part and then we rehearsed, you know, for a week. And it was extremely interesting because it was the, if I'm correct about this, it was the last show of the first season. And they didn't know, is that right? Maybe that's wrong. It's sort, but, but they didn't know if they were going to be picked up. So they were saying. It was season, oh. it was season two. 
Oh, season two. Oh, oh, pardon me. So they didn't know they were going to be picked up, though. There was a chance they might not right. have been picked up again. That's, that's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the talk like, oh, we're going to get picked up. You know, are people really getting this? And so, you know, they, they would work really hard, like nothing I've ever seen before. Also, Jerry was it is um, very healthy. So I'm total sweet tooth. And the craft food service table had like lentil soup. And really healthy things. I was like, we're in God's name or the peanut M&Ms. But anyway, they would, that's such a really important thing to remember. So they would work so hard at it. And Jerry, when we would do our scenes, he would not look at my head. He would look on my side and past me. So you know how like some people like don't look at you in the face. I was like, Jerry, is everything okay? And he's like, I can't look at you because if I look at you, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> so then Larry David, who was awesome, so hands-on, you always walk around with the clipboard, called me. And it was like, I think, you know, you usually start rehearsing on a Wednesday and you and you work for the week and then you shoot on a Friday. And he said, Shavon's Larry David. And I said, hi, Larry, how are you? And he said, I'm sorry to say. And I thought, crap, I'm going to get fired. What the hell? I thought it was going well. And he said, "I'm. Oh, we have to cut your part down. And it's not your fault. It's just that you have to fit it into 22 minutes. And that's the worst Larry David impression, by the way, ever. <laughs> and um, so I was like, hey, it's fine with me. I don't care as long as I'm in it. So I had been around, you know, I had been in a lot of theater and I thought I'll keep my character the same, but I'll ask for a prop of a water bottle. Yeah. So I don't have a straw in my house or a thermometer or anything important. And I was like, Highland. And then I took the longest sip in history. I was like, ah, where's Jerry? You know, like, I, I like just took the longest sip ever to drag out my screen time. And, well and, and it went, it went great. And so then uh, the next year I got in Saturday Night Live and they wanted me to do another one and I couldn't do it. It was the Mike Tyson fight one. And then the oh. end of that year, I believe, yes, because then I got married that year. I'd only knew my husband for like four months. I met him on SNL, got married four months later, and they called me back. And there had been an earthquake in LA. So we ha I had to stay at the Sportsman. And it was only two stories high because, you know, everything else was sort of in danger. And they asked my husband to be in it, even though he's not an actor in any way. He was a trader on Wall Street. And he's like, absolutely not. Which he regrets. He could kick himself to this day. He was supposed to be like in a car scene. And that was the... Um, well, which, which episode was that? Was that? That was the opposite. The one that you were in, I think, because that was the one where Jerry plays cars and breaks even. Is that the card scene That's you're, right. you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. And so I date, do I date Trick Kramer in that one, right? You, you date Kramer in, yes. uh, in the one before that, in the, in the truth. Okay. So, the, so, the, okay. The second was, the second was, was, um, was with Kramer and Kramer was like, Hey, I brought in, um, some African music for you and I to practice in my trailer. And I was like, Oh, for God's sake. So, you know, of course, like you can't go against the cast and, and he was a great guy. He was so nice. And so I was like, okay, I'm pretending I'm like method, which I'm not. And <laughs> I had to go in his trailer and we had to practice dancing to African music. And I was like, this is so odd, but that's the way they worked. They were really, they, they perfected everything. And then the final one was when Elaine, um, you know, it's like, you're getting kicked out. Right. That's why there's a buzzer. So, which my, my son who's 23, told me last year that I need to start doing cameos. 
And I was like, what in God's name is a cameo? This is kind of funny story. We were on a road trip and going down South and he's like, I'm signing up for cameos. I was like, all right, I don't care. What, what is it? And within two minutes, it's like, ping, <laughs> I got a cameo. And I was like, oh no. So long and the short of, they're like, we'd like you to do Lane's roommate and please talk about the buzzer. And so <laughs> many people like do that. Like I had to actually do it one day for someone's, their grandma. And they were like, please do Elaine's roommate from Seinfeld. She's our grandma. She's also a mother and we love her. And, and, and she loved, and please talk about the buzzer. So I was like, grandma, you're the best grandma ever. And that's why there's a buzzer. <laughs> Everyone needs to give you a buzz when they're getting kicked. From huh? Is that the most requested from Cameo, Seinfeld, or no? I think it is. Yeah. I, that and Men in Black, I would say. I don't know you, but a lot of kids like Fred. I mean, which is hysterical. You know, you never really know. And Forrest Gump, they really like. Yeah. yeah. But Seinfeld, I think, probably is the most. Yeah, you already answered two of my questions, so that's that's good. <laughs> I'm, ruining your, I'm, I'm ruining your interview because I'm no, bad. No, no, it's great. I was going to ask about Michael Richards and the dancing, because we've heard from so many guest stars that he's so... You know, he practices so much. I assumed you had to have practiced that dance oh, like over and over again. He practiced and practiced. And I, of course, had a moral struggle because my father was the best guy ever. But, you know, when I, my first play in fifth grade, he told me my skirt was too short and my skirt was not short. And I was like, Dad, what are you talking about? It's above my knee. Well, then I thought, oh, God, how's this going to go over? I, it's, it's me coming out of, his, of Kramer's bedroom. And I was like, oh, geez, should I do this or not do this? He's going to kill me. But he thought it was so funny that he didn't care. Well, they, well here's the thing, too. Like we were talking, like you came back for season five for the opposite when Elaine gets evicted. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, they, there was no there was I thought that was great for them to bring you back for that. Like, I'm curious, like how that how that was on your end, because, you know, they could have just had a link get evicted without having you be the subletter and having you be in the scene and everything like that. So I thought that was awesome. And you really, they, you know, no, they were, the they buzzers were, one of the, yeah, like you said, one of the best lines. Yeah. They were so generous. And at that point they were at the top of their game. I mean, season right. five, they were huge. I mean, I went from being on there and by the way, I lived in New York city and Jerry was in the, in the next building over. So I used to see Jerry a lot and um, such a good guy. And uh, the, you know, I was on there at the beginning when they were worried about being picked up. And right. then the one in the middle and that one, I was supposed to do another one, but I was on SNL. It was a Mike Tyson fight one. That's the park, the altered the parking space where, where George and, and uh, Mike Moffat argue about the spot. One goes yes. in forward, one goes in reverse. And so they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't let me out of SNL. We got so what, were you, what were you going to be at? I was like, supposed what to be at the Larry... party. There was a party watching the Mike Tyson fight, if I'm right. We're supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. I ended up just being Jerry by the end of it, but it was, yeah, it was going to be a party. Well, yeah. So maybe, um, maybe, I don't know what happened, but, but that, remember they wouldn't let me out of SNL, you know, cause I do a lot of very important parts in SNL. As um, a, I mean, we we, we should talk a little bit about that. Cause we, that's our SNL years. I mean, we're, we're of that age. I mean, 91 was like the meat of it for us. I mean, that, that cast was incredible. I mean, that, um, you know, with Farley Hartman, Carvey Myers, I mean, oh. Spade Schneider. I mean, Great guys. Great yeah. guy. Chris Farley and I were great friends. Um, we lived like a block apart. Spade lived a block from me. Adam has been so supportive of my movie coming out, Rush. But I want to say, too, Larry David and Jerry came on. And also when I went on um, SNL, Larry's like, Siobhan, you know, because he had been a writer on it. Right. He's like, it is rough. 
And I was like, oh God, it can't be that bad. And then I got there, I was like, whoa, this is rough. Um, but uh, they came on and they were great because they wrote for me. And then I remember um, Lauren would always pick a certain few people to go out on Tuesday nights. So I'd be like, what, you know, and it was, and it'd be like, you know, remember what was that game when you were kids, you know, with, with you'd go around duck, duck, goose, when you go around you, <laughs> you, so you'd be sitting there and you're like acting like you didn't really care if you were picked, but you're like, dear God, please let him pick me. So I was sitting there and I was invited to go out to dinner when uh, Larry and Jerry came on the show. So, you know, that was great. Yeah. I mean, when Jerry hosted, I mean, I tell you that scene pound for pound, the, the, the comedic genius from He's the history yourself, it, it, Jerry, it, Rock, Sandler. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm, wait, this is so weird. I'm texting my husband and my son who are in the next room to get their, to get my effing dog out of here. <laughs> I, I can hear, <laughs> I can hear his collar. And I'm like, I hope it's not ruining your podcast. Well, good. No, it's all good. We're all yeah. friends. There it is. It's the, not the my history, dog. It's my son's dog. He's visiting Houdini. Okay. Yeah. No. And your, hus your husband blew off Seinfeld, right? I mean, yeah. that's what we learned today. Right. I believe me. He's like, you can't believe my husband's a total New Yorker. His family owned the White Horse Tavern. He's like village oh, guy. Wow. Like, okay. I believe that I blew it off. But anyway, so um, yes, what's weird about that too is I look back at that and I remember thinking, my gosh, I'm so much older than everybody else because I was 29. And, you know, that seems ancient. I mean, Adam, I think was 23. And I thought, oh God, I'm old. And I look at it, we were babies, mm. in all of us, you know? Jerry was older than me, I think, by a year or two. But but you you look at it and you're like, look like kids. So how how did um how did SNL come about? Did the obviously I know you had the like the one woman show, you know, a spot on Seinfeld. Like how did because Saturday Live usually, you know, they get they steal from the groundlings or you know yeah. uh, or stand-ups. And I never did stand-up, yeah. I never have. So what happened was I lived in New York. I went, to, I went to Catholic University. I got my master's in fine arts and acting, which is a very expensive way of saying, go to graduate school for two years and learn how to relax and pretend you're someone else. And um, I went to New York and I was, you know, I did Shakespeare in the Park. I was doing stage. Um, John Slattery, by the way, went to Catholic when I did. Susan Sarandon was ahead of me. Who cares? Um, so I went to New York and things were not progressing as quickly as I wanted. So I worked at a law firm because that's all I could do was answer phones. I had zero talent in any other area. And I always hired other actors. So this one actress was like, who I went to graduate school was like, needed a job. And I'd gotten everybody under the sun job and they didn't need her. And I begged my boss, Steve Siller, who I'm still good friends with. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll take her. And I really believe what goes around comes around. So she was like, in those days, there was a paper called Backstage. Mm -hmm. And she said, Siobhan, there's an audition for an improv group. So I was like, and I was about to quit the business. My parents were like, get out, nothing's happening. You know, get out. I mean, they're like, look, it's been six months, it's over. So <laughs> I went up and I auditioned, I got in this improv group. When I was in the improv group, a lot of people that you'd know now, um, the director said, why don't you write a one person show? I'd never written. And so I did. And I rented out the West Side Arts Theater, which is still there, the off-Broadway theater on Sundays and Mondays but I rented the lobby. People thought I was doing an off-Broadway show. And I made cards and went around TKTS, handed them out, did it there. Then I moved to LA and I did it in San Diego. I, same thing, I rented out a lobby 
And then I rented out a little theater in LA and had 50 seats. And I was teaching English as a second language to Japanese students at the time. So they were the, my only audience the first week. <laughs> they couldn't understand one damn thing I was saying, but I got great reviews and then Seinfeld came and SNL came. So that's how I got on. And then I had to go, I had to go to New York and I, there was a bunch of other women that girls uh, that auditioned and everybody was in the audience. It was, you know, Sandler and Phil Hartman and Kevin Nealon and, you know, the whole, the whole crew, Mike Myers. So it was the, the, the cast and the producers and NBC were going to decide. So, you know, you had like three minutes to do all your different characters. So I had like a bag of wigs. And I was like, I was like doing Catherine Hepburn. I was like, oh, oh God, the cat is. I was like, then I was doing like <laughs> stupid, just like my bag of tricks characters. And then we all went out to the Paramount Hotel and like Chris Rock and Chris Farley, Chris Farley was like, Sharon, I think you. <laughs> and I was like, Chris. Anyways, they told me at like seven in the morning, they called me and they said, you got, you're, you're the one. And Ellen Cleghorn too, who's still a very good friend of mine, your yep. roommates. And I called my dad, my mom and my dad, and my mom's like, your father's golfing. And so I called the golf course, this little golf course up in Casanova, New York. And I said, can you get my dad? And so they said, Siobhan, I think he's on like the seventh hole. And he came in off the golf course. I go, it's really important. I go, dad, you're going to be on Saturday Night Live. And he's like, wow. it's dynamite, Shivani, out of sight. Hey, guys, my daughter's going to be on Saturday Night Live. And he goes, got to go, sweetheart. I got to finish my game. And that was it. <laughs> Incredible wow. story. Yeah, it was that, great. I mean, that's a year for SNL. It's incredible. You mentioned Jordan. a couple names of people who just again gone gone too early. Phil Hartman, Chris oh. Farley. I mean, and I know you you worked with uh, Hartman on Greedy, right? Phil played my husband in Greedy. Chris lived a block from me, and we were we had so much in common because we were both from big Irish Catholic families. Mm. We went to the same church. We went to, we went to Holy Trinity on 82nd Street every Sunday night. So we'd be out at the party until like, you know, five or six in the morning. And then we'd go to mass together on Sunday nights. And Chris would be like, oh, God, I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> Darn it. What do I do? And I'd be like, Chris, stop. And um, my husband, Peter, I met him at the time. I met him at, he lived a block from me. And um, PJ Clifton, actually, one of the producers on my show, my husband dated his his sister married my husband's brother. So he lived a block for me. Chris lived a block. And I was like, Chris, I really like that guy. And guys didn't really like me. I was a little too loud and stuff. And so, so whenever the parties went on, Chris and I would go to Peter's apartment and, and it was, it was starting to get as like, they say now mechanized, but there was just, used to be this guy that mowed lawns and my mother wanted to get him. And she's like, Siobhan, ask Bill Kennedy if he'd mow my lawn. And he's like, the only thing is Siobhan, I'm not mechanized. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know how to use a weed eater. But so th my husband's building was getting mechanized where you could look out and see who was there. You know what I mean? It was like one of those mirror things. Yeah. So I was like, Chris, Chris, do you think it's too pushy of me? Because my mother was always like, don't call boys, don't chase them. But I was like, okay, I'm getting desperate. I'm 29. So so we, so we Chris would ring the buzzer and he'd go, Peter, come on, <laughs> Peter. You're a nice Irish Catholic girl. Open the damn door, Peter, Peter. <laughs> So one time we went in and Peter, oh, Chris had had literally 17 of his friends come from Marquette. So it was me, Chris, and the 17 friends, one of which became a priest, Father Foley, who, who Chris did on the show. All right. And so we got an apartment 
and my husband and his rugby friends had had a bar crawl. And so we came in there, 17 people, and Chris ran around hilarious. All right, boys, you're rugby players, but not as tough as me. And I'll show you who's tough. And he ran around. Anyway, anyway, Chris is very instrumental in me getting married because he forced he forced me in the door. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And you, well, speaking of Irish Catholic, you also on SNL played uh, Sister Margaret in, uh, who's it with? The Macaulay Culkin. It started. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he was so cute and his little brother was on it. They were so little. I mean, he was, I'm, I'm 150 years old. He was like, I think he was literally like an eight-year-old boy. And his brother, who I think is a genius actor, you know, they were there. It's, it's crazy to think of, you know, the people that run. Listen, I live now in Rumson, New Jersey, and Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. So yeah, Springsteen, my yeah. dad loved Bruce Springsteen. My father was notorious in Syracuse, New York. He was hilarious. He's one of 11. His brothers were all oral surgeons. He was a lawyer. He was the hilarious one. Everybody knew him. So you got two tickets, right, to be on the floor. So my mother and father are on the floor. My hot, That particular show, they said, no guests in your dressing rooms, except for two. Because people who shall remain nameless were starting to take advantage of the, you can have whoever you want to your dressing room. Namely my husband, I was new, right? I was dating him. He would bring the entire rugby team. It was horrible. But I of course was in love and I thought it was kind of funny. And so my, Ellen Clegorn was great about it. They would come, they'd fill the sink up with ice, put beers in. And I'd be like, excuse me, Timmy. And they all said, all, all had like crazy nicknames. Like, excuse me, Diesel excuse me, um, you know, just humper. And I have to change into my next wardrobe. So this particular week when Bruce Springsteen was on, Tom Hanks, I think, I think that's what it was. Yeah. They, we were not, for some reason, we, Lauren said, no, no guests on the floor. So my husband's from Rumson, New Jersey. They'd been New Yorkers. They'd moved out here, you know, in high school. And we have monitors in the dressing room. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen strums. My husband and his brother, Vinny, they called him Vinny the Irish Guinea, look at each other like wild-eyed. I'm like, oh no, oh no. They, they look a little crazier. They take off. I was in high heels. I'm like, holy crap. In my head, I'm like, I am new. You cannot do this. Uh, they, they sent a memo around saying no people on the floor. Down the stairs, they go, I'm after them. The red light's going because the show is on. Is go Bruce Springsteen starting to play. They go down, they go on the floor. I follow them. Lauren Michaels is leaning against the wall. He looks at me like, in his head, he's like, wow, you got a lot of nerve. I, I, I sent a memo around. There's not supposed to be anybody on the floor. What the hell are you doing here? And you got that Irish guy again with you. And who's this guy that looks like him? Only he's bigger with dark hair. And Bruce Springsteen's up there. He's like, rum, rum, I'm going down to Lucky Town, down on Lucky Town. The audience, the audience claps. And he goes, oh, I'm going, my husband and my brother-in-law rush the stage like they're at a concert in some field. Wow. With that, with that, the entire audience rushes the stage. And my dad is 12 years gone. My mom died at 96 in the spring. You can see the back of my father going, I'm going to man is 16. But I will say to Lord's credit, I mean, it was a make or break deal here. You know, it was pretty cool. And, it, and you know, it was, everybody talked about it. And, and, and he didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get fired. And, and I will say to SNL, opened so many doors for me. Lauren 
I was never a stand-up, so I didn't really fit in. And um, but he was good to me, and he knew I was an actress. And when they did Baby Mama, called up, said, "Siobhan, I want you to be in Tina Fey's movie." There's this part of the birthing specialist, and I was out. I do my my shibish mama. I wear this. Well, okay, guys, we're gonna be the babies. And I remember that there was like a lot of producers. You know, when you're on a big budget movie, there's a lot of producers. So one producer didn't want me to do the speech impediment. I said, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I spent a lot of years listening to what other people said. Now I'm done. I know this is funny. I know funny. I'm sticking with funny." And the director was awesome. He's like, "Yeah." But anyway, that, that was my SNL. That's awesome. Speaking, yeah, you know, it's just the people you've worked with, the, the talented, these are legends we're talking about here. And and uh, you just mentioned the director too. I know in your in your second, just to bring it back to Seinfeld, in your second Seinfeld, the the truth was directed by David Steinberg. Best and, guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a legend, you know, in, in his own right, obviously. And you know, there weren't that many um, Seinfeld episodes not directed by Tom Sharon's or Andy Ackerman. That was one of them. It's curious, you know, what that was like being working with him, Steinberg. I loved him. He was classy as classy could be. Just a solid, personable guy. And, and you have to remember too, in those days, it was ABC, CBS, NBC. Fox was new. So when Fox was like, oh, there's a new channel. So everybody was the cream of the crop. You know, I mean, if you had a show on and it was successful, first of all, they let it run and they gave it a chance. And second of all, they worked on it and worked on it. So you had the top directors, the top actors, and the top writers. There weren't, how many TV shows are there now? How many choices are there? It right. was cream, cream, cream of the crop. He was a great guy. I really, really liked him a lot. Another great guy from that era was Larry Charles. And I know oh. he was instrumental in Seinfeld. And I actually, we watched the pilot of you um, in Middlemen. With, and Wayne Knight. Uh, with Wayne Wayne Knight. Knight. Yeah, yeah, with Wayne Knight. So, and I know, listen, I, yeah. it was kind of Larry's first kind of try it. it. But it looks like, I think the show had potential. What do you think? It, it, they should have <laughs> given it a shot. So Wayne Knight was the lead. It was, I believe it was supposed to be Buffalo, New York, right? I was the sister. Yeah. And I loved Larry Charles. I had just had my daughter Bernadette. Bernadette is now a reporter for the New York Post. She's 26 years old. She broke, she covers Cuomo. She's, she was just made Albany Bureau Chief in Albany. Oh, wow. She had three covers the week Cuomo went down. She broke the nursing home story, but I had just had her, right? Congrats. Thank you. My friend, Peter King, who was from Buffalo, New York, he, he directed many of my one woman shows, but at the time, we were just two clowns from upstate New York and I had had Bernadette and they wanted me to be on this. And Bernadette was all of, geez, I don't know, maybe 10 weeks old. And she was the worst baby in the history of babies. So I had one of those swings for babies and that would go up to three speeds. I remember my mother said, too bad that doesn't go to like 75. She was just the worst baby. So Peter King came out and was my nanny. And you guys are too young for this, but there used to be a, God, what was the name of it? Oh, there was a story about, it was, it was, a, it was a, a TV show about a, a, a male nanny, but I used to be oh, Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Was it Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. Or are you uh, talking about who's the boss or Mr. Belvedere? No, it's before that. Sort of. Before that. Oh. Um, oh God, I can't remember the name. I'm too, too old, but it was about a male nanny. Anyway, so he came out. Charles in charge? No, no, I got it. My husband's. <laughs> I'm just. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, it's going to drive me crazy. Now I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. 
uh, it was Buffy and Jody and the nanny. Who the heck is a male? Mr. French, Mr. French. Okay, so he was Mr. Time. French. So first of all, I can remember it was freezing because they kept the studio so cold because Wayne liked it really, really cold. I was like, I have a newborn baby and I'm freezing. The baby wasn't on the floor. And we would be in this in the um the dressing room. And my friend Peter, who's my babysitter, is a very rogue guy and hilarious. He would when he would see the execs with their notes, they'd give the notes and then they'd go away and they'd throw them away and he would steal them out of the garbage can. And at night he'd go, Well, let's see. Fallon, too big needs to bring it down. I was like, Dear God. <laughs> but- Who wrote the notes? The executives. <laughs> like, and Larry would just throw them in the garbage? One girl, I, I can't remember it that well, but oh, I remember though, wait. So I don't think the director really went for me. And I was doing like, I was kind of like doing, I was using my bag of tricks. And I was kind of doing the character from, I figured that's what they kind of wanted from, from mm-hmm. Seinfeld. I was supposed to be a sister. And I was, remember, I was like, whatever his name was in the, in the part, like say it was Wayne. I can't remember like, Wayne, I was supposed to be the divorced sister from Buffalo. I was like, Wayne, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) come over here. And I remember the director said to me, Siobhan, can I talk to you? And I was like, sure. And I'm like, my father said an honor to effervescence. I'm expecting him to compliment me and be like, you are so good. And he said, I'm kind of getting a lot of Christy Mahan from you. I go, I'm sorry, who's Christy Mahan again? Well, it was the guy from my left foot, who the poor guy in real life had, had an, a movement disorder. So I was like, oh, that's not good. But anyway, anyway, it didn't get picked up, but I, I, I always appreciated Larry Charles used me. And he was a great guy too, Larry and Larry. Yeah. Genius. Um, you know, talking to Siobhan, you're so, yeah, you have so much personality and you're so funny. And it's like, you know, I'm curious, cause you, you know, you did um, the Dancer in the Dark and, and, your, and your new movie Rush, they seem to be, maybe not so much comedies, right? right. Um, what, what do you enjoy doing more? Like, how do you see yourself? Because it seems, I mean, you, to see you make that change is, is interesting. I mean, you're just talking to you now, you have such a, a, a personality that, that lends itself to funny, but then it looks like there might be a switch where you can get dramatic if need be. Well, I, I, had been, I was pegged at first for comedy. Um, you know, even, even classically, I did Shakespeare in the Park and I was Phoebe and As You Like It. And, um, and I thought, oh God, I'll never break out of this because I love doing both and I love films and I, I love dramatic films. And uh, A.V. Kaufman, the casting director who, oh my gosh, she's done everything under the sun. She took a, a shot and ha- brought me in for Lars von Trier's Dancer in the Dark that he won the Palm Door for mm-hmm. at Cannes with um, Bjork. And, Bjork yeah. and I was so exhausted. I told you, Bernadette, my, ter- my, my reporter, the, the, my Mary Tyler Moore, my mild man reporter, she was such a bad baby that she was probably three at the time when I went in and I, I was supposed to cry. And I was like, Oh God, am I gonna be able to cry? But I was up all night because she, she had an ear infection. So I was able to cry. And I got that part in dancer in the dark. And because of that, that opened a lot of doors for me for dramatic roles. This film that I wrote rushed, which stars another actor who is able to do the same. Um, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. He, really good. You know, from the Terminator walk the line, this guy can Rattos. be hilarious. Yeah. Or just, I mean, in 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 rushed, there is a scene that he does when he's in the truck by himself. It, it, it's my favorite scene. It's so beautiful, and he's so pure and honest as an actor. Then um, Perry Gilpin's another one. She from Frasier. She's in rushed. She can do comedic. She can do dramatic. Um, 
Rusty Schwimmer saying Jake Weary. Jake Weary, I met on Fred when he was 19. Now he's doing Animal Kingdom. Guy's a fabulous actor. So that the answer to your question is when I wrote Rushed, um, the beginning of it's very funny because it's an, it's a it's a family of four kids. The husband and wife are normal, normal-ish, my kind of normal. Um, where you know, have you seen it yet? No, not yet. Okay, so at the beginning, I'm like making the kids lunches. And I'm like praying the rosary. I'm like, hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Shit. Get up, you guys. Hurry. And so I'm like, pardon my language. Pardon my language. Uh, bless our thou monster and blesses. Fuck. So it's like, she's like, it's like swearing, praying. Then they get in the minivan. The kids come out. The girls come out in their dresses. I'm like, oh my God, put the dresses down. You girls look like hookers. And so then she's like, okay, kids, let's call your brother. And they're like, mom, you're such a weirdo. Stop harassing him. So it's all that comedy at the beginning. And then to me, when something really horrible happens to someone funny or a funny family, it's even sadder. Mm. So I find that to be extremely interesting because how does a family that's known for funny and a, and a mom whose modus operandi is funny then behave when she is faced with the worst circumstance of her life, right? And as I said, she's praying and swearing. And what gets her through that in this film that be then becomes a thriller because she takes it to the extreme, but mm. is her faith and her, and her humor, you know? And I think that this character, many moms will relate to because you worry and worry about your kids. And if something goes bad, what do you do? Mm. And being that I, my sisters always would say, be careful. She's a redhead. They're crazy. So in this film rushed, when things, when the mother can't make things work for her family, taking the right channels, she takes matters into her own hands. And you see that maybe she's is a little off the rails, but mm. in defense of her family. Yeah. Siobhan, <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. us Irish Catholics, we try to be funny all the time, but boy, Get on our bad side. We'll get you. I think that's, that's the thing. thing. That's so, it, I, <laughs> I would have thought that you would have maybe gave it a Wayne Knight a little role as a mailman in this movie or something. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> take us back, back to Seinfeld because you had a lot of scenes. We haven't touched on Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm. Maybe she gave you some advice about Siren Live as well. I think she had a, a similar experience. It was kind of the boys club. She didn't really get a footing there as well, but can you touch on some of the scenes with, with Julia and how? Um, yes. So Julia, an amazing actress, obviously everyone knows that. Really, you know, you could walk on a set as another female and you'd be like, oh, I don't want to deal with her. Not selfish in any way. Wanted to work the scene, completely professional and just all, just a great actress and, and a great person. Um, as well as all of them across the board. And um, she, I admired her so much because she'd say, let's do this again. Let, you know, because you could just rehearse and be like, oh good, that's done, I'm done with that scene, let's get on to the next one. No, 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 I'm not comfortable yet. There's a couple of things we could work here. The other thing that was amazing with Julia, with Michael Richards, was their physical comedy. Mm. And you know, like Art Carney was was the genius of all, you know, from the Honeymooners. Right. 
and Michael Richards always reminded me of that, but, and Julia's physical comedy was, and her timing, I mean, was, was just brilliant as was all. So, I mean, I really respect her. And um, I do remember when I, when I got on, I remember Larry said, Oh, just be ready. It's tough. And she was like, yeah, you're going to have to really put your big girl pants on. Cause it's not, it's not a day at the beach, but Hey, listen, you get an SNL and you feel lucky as anything. And so what if it's not hard? You know what I mean? Like work hard yeah. for it. Yeah. I can so, see that. Especially, yeah, I can see that. Just, and getting back. So when you tried out, I was, you mentioned this, but were you given any direction or did Larry and Jerry kind of just give you free range? Like, Hey, we're looking for an Elaine roommate and you kind of created your own character. Honestly, I just sat in the, I'm so weird. I just sat in the uh, waiting room waiting to go in and I just pretended that I was my friend from home. And I was like, so I, so what I try to do is like not to talk too much when I go in to the people, because, you know, if I get talking like now, I'll throw myself off. So I'll just kind of be like, can we get started? And then I'll talk to you as a person. So I went in there kind of like character. I was like, oh, I know what I did too. So a lot of times I'll have a reader, have a reader with you, you know, and then Jerry's mm -hmm. looking over to this, Jerry's over to the left. So the reader's here. And so you're Jerry and I'm like, so the reader's here and I'm like, hi, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not give you the role there? Yeah, you're and, you know, and the thing that. is, it's just like, <laughs> you know, that thing where you're like, like I did it like she really has a crush on him. Right, <laughs> oh, right. she's the roommate. And it's that uncomfortable person that has a crush on you and you're just like, yeah. I had this improv class. Yeah, did and you it, throw that improv class in there or that was written in there? That was Remember? written in there. That was written in there. I just mainly did a lot of the physical with the with the drinking of the water. But oh, oh Jerry too. Did I tell you this part that he wouldn't look at me? Did I tell you this already? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he would couldn't, pass me. He couldn't, yeah. He I was so see funny because uh, he was not funny. pretending. Look, he wasn't pretending like, hey, I'm some method actor. He's like, look, I'm as a stand-up and do not expect me to look at you if I'm going to burst out laughing. So I'm going to, everybody got, has to come up with their own tricks on how to, you know, make things work. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, yeah. Those, those early years sometimes get a bad rap, but it, it really built the foundation for the show and like, you were just in some iconic episodes. Yeah, I mean, the, the deal, the writing in the first scene of the deal with this and that, and this is good. And that, I mean, it's, it's genius, genius writing on that. Yeah. That whole, and I, I could, I can remember too, that now that I'm talking to you, that Larry was, was so confident in his own writing that I remember, you know, when, he, when, when he did get notes, he'd be like, uh, well, actually this works because and they'd be like, Oh, okay. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it has to be. And that's the way it is with my movie now, Rushed. When you get to a certain point, you're like, hey, listen, I maybe I didn't get my fair shake on this show. Maybe I didn't get my fair shake on this show. Now it's my turn. And I know right. funny, so stop bossing me around. I'm doing this. It's great that's to be the boss. Be. Yeah, yeah, that's what you got to be. you're the boss, I mean, you're it's great. It. It's great to be the boss. And actually, a fun fact, you, we didn't mention, you went to Lemoyne, right? Yes. <clears throat> and, and the boss of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. And uh, Tom Browning, you know, oh, we, got, listen, we got baseball fans. Wait, and Jim DeChase. So listen, so I went to Lemoyne, graduated in 83. Tom Browning was a year ahead of me. We're Hell good of friends. Hell Jim, of Jim DeChase, who was a year ahead of me, played for the Astros. So, and they were hilarious. 
our, my sister Mary was re, is, was, is really pretty. I mean, to the point where like, I'm so, I got all these weird, I would say to my father, what the hell? I got all your weird features and mom's features. I'm like the mix of like, take all the worst features of everybody and shove it on someone's face and body. And my sister Mary, so pretty. My, my, my dorm in New York City used to say, Siobhan, if you looked like your sister Mary, you'd be famous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Mary came to campus. She, she went to Nazareth College in uh, Rochester. She was two years older than me. And I think Tom Browning kind of liked her. And so he came to, you know, no boys were allowed in the dorms. It was such a great, innocent time. And, mm. you know, we all drank 5,000 beers. And so he's at the, below my dorm. And he's like, Siobhan, get your sister Mary to come up, to come to the window. It was like Rapunzel. So I, of course, thought everything in the world was funny. I go, what? Come a little closer. And Tom's like, Phelan. And he goes, I go, Mary, wait, Mary will come out if you come a little closer. I, I remember taking Oreos and just like beaming him in the head when he got <laughs> close enough. But all, but I was at Catholic U in the graduate program. I'll never, I hardly ever watch TV. So it's like, like, sometimes I feel like there's this big joke with God. I'm watching TV and on TV comes sp sports, special announcement. Tom Browning, who was playing for the Cincinnati Reds, just had his third child on the same day he made, he assigned a deal for $3 million. And I was like, you are kidding me. I am such a loser. I don't even have a penny. I can't get a job. I'm a graduate student. I just did summer stock theater for $100 a week. What is happening? And then Tom Browning, this is, I mean, now pardon me, Jim Deshays, who's now, I believe the, the, he's the, um, the voice of the Astros. Um, so Jim was a pitcher at Lemoyne. I was in LA. I only lived there for all of two years. Do you remember he passed away? Do you remember um, Kevin Meany? I'm a big yes. pants family. So he was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. He asked me out on a date Ooh. and um, we went to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so I remember I wore a hat and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm wearing a hat. I wonder how the state's going. And I looked down at the bullpen and there's Jim Deshays warming up. So I yelled down, Jim. And of course it's major league baseball. He's like warming up for this big game and he doesn't look up and I go, Jim. And he doesn't look up and I yell, Siobhan Fallon. And he goes, Fallon. Have you made it yet? And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lemoyne is was like a major, a major baseball. I mean, still is fabulous baseball. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, guess what? Fast forward thirty years later, I don't know what those guys are doing, but you're coming out with a big motion picture. So, bravo! Rush. Exactly. Yeah. So, Rush. So Rush is coming out August twenty seventh. It stars Robert Patrick from Terminator from Walk the Line. He's fabulous in it. Jake Weary from Animal Kingdom, who's like off the charts now. I mean, always has been, but he's really getting his comeuppance. Um, then we've got um, Perry Gilpin and Rusty Schwimmer. JJ uh, Warren plays my son. My kids are in it. My son, Peter Hogan is oh, in it. Great. My daughter, Sinead, plays Jake Weary's um, girlfriend. And it will be on August 27th in theaters across the country. Woohoo! And it will also be on video on demand the same day, Apple, iTunes, Amazon. I wouldn't know how to download a movie if you held a gun to my head, but <laughs> apparently it's going to be on that. You can, you can order it advance on Apple. And I want to tell you something funny. So I write the movie, we do the movie, we edit in France. I, I, I was in the fetal position for all of October because I was like, my God, this better sell. I owe a lot of people money because I got a ton of my friends to invest. So Vertical Entertainment picks it up, Octane gets it for Europe, and Vertical says we're going to put it in major markets. Great. 
I say, I'm going to cut a deal with you. I've been in this business for 555,000 years. I want it in more than that. I want it in independence. Will you let me? They're like, look, this is what we're doing. Will you let me market it? So I have spent the last month sitting in a chair calling up Madison, Madison Theater, South Dakota. Hi, my name is Siobhan Fallon Hogan. I was on Saturday Night Live, Men in Black. Do you know Robert Patch from the Terminator? You do? Oh, you do? Okay. Do you know um, Jake Weary from Animal Kid? Okay. How would you like to have my movie in your theater? <laughs> so send the trailer. I have booked it into, first it was slow. Anybody in sales, which I would never want to be in. I would, sometimes I'd spend a whole day and get no answers. Yeah. I had a guy in Kansas go, who are you? I'm, I'm never heard of you. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? Who's the cat? Why would I ever bump a Disney movie to have you? I go, which struck me. I'm like, my sister said I'm like a, one of those clown dolls that you punch and it comes back up because it strikes me even funnier when people are rude to me. I go, I go, I know. I have no idea why you'd have me. But listen, just look at the trailer. So <laughs> I have booked it into Melbourne, Florida, Vero Beach, Florida, Lincoln, Rhode Island, three, ten, all over Arizona, Tempe, but you know, whatever those towns are, Gilbert, Cle- Cleveland, Ohio gave me a little trouble. The guy's like, well, let me think about this. I go, hang on, hang on. I think I, I go, let me call you back in two minutes. I call up Robert Patrick. I go, Robert, where's your mother from? He goes, Cleveland. I go, that's what I thought. Hi, yeah, you know Robert Patrick? Well, his mother lives. Okay, we'll take it. So I've got the Coolidge in Boston, Melvin, Long Island. My husband, I told you, his family owns the White House Tavern. He goes, wait, you know, we're going to get into this big theater up in uh, Staten Island. I go, it's the independence. Vertical's covering the big theaters. No, 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 I got a friend. So it's going to be in this huge, atrium in uh, Staten Island because my husband had a friend with a friend. So anyway, it's all over the country. Um, literally, this is hilarious. Saturday, I said to myself, I have to take off or I'm going to be literally dead by the time it's August 27th. My sister Mary's a nurse. She's like, Siobhan, honestly, you're talking too fast and I think you're going crazy. My daughter, Sinead, you, well, you see her in the movie when she plays Jake's <laughs> girlfriend. She's opposite of me. You can't believe she's my daughter. She likes the Grateful Dead. She likes Dylan. <laughs> she is really deadpan. She wears Grateful Dead t-shirts. She's a really good artist. She's a really good actress. She's really calm. And her voice is really, really deep. Matter of fact, I had COVID. I had to spend the night in her room for two weeks. And I was like, what the hell's going on? I was like, there's a posters of like Mick Jagger, like putting his hand in someone's bosom and like Dylan. And I was like, I like the Bee Gees and I like Broadway musicals. Um, but she's like really cool and her hair is really blonde. She can do a really good imitation of Janis Joplin. She goes, mom, I've been listening to some of those. Wait, wait I, have to do, I have to do it without laughing. Mom, I've been listening to some of those interviews that you've been doing. And sometimes you sound like you're on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you're talking way too fast. I was like, shut the hell up. <laughs> I could be dead next week. I'm trying to fit in as many interviews as I can. Gotta do it. Is she a Seinfeld fan, your daughter? Huge. I'll tell you something else. At the time of Seinfeld, I lived at 225 Central Park West between 82nd and 83rd. Oh, Jerry, wow. right there, yeah. Yeah, Jerry lived in the Beresford, the next block. That was the high-profile building. So uh, in, on my floor, in those days, you know, it was so popular that the third floor would have Seinfeld parties. Really? Hmm. That's the way it was in New York at the time. I mean, people- I mean, you had to watch it then and then, you know, when it aired. Yeah, they loved it. And hilarious too. I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head. Remember the episode when Julia, when Elaine, I mean, um, 
when she was so upset because she wasn't going to have a 917 number. Yes. This and they was, wanted yeah, to, yeah, the she's like, oh, that's so bad, you know, because I'm not, I'm still 917. But you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. su- such great New York stories. Unbelievable. Very well, nice. Siobhan, this has been an absolute blast. I mean, your your hard work's paying off. I mean, and we, we just wish you the best of luck with this movie. We can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I so appreciate it. I hope everyone goes out on the 27th. Check it out. Check out the trailer that Vertical did an amazing job with. Rushed Movie 2021. You can go to Instagram, at Rushed Movie. Facebook, Rushed Movie. And if, you, if it's not in your town, then go on those video on demands. Yeah, and if you want, and you can pre-order it right now if you're a nervous person and you're thinking you think you're too nervous to do it on the night out. Awesome! <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Siobhan. Thanks a million, guys. Anytime. God bless. You too. Okay. Thank you. Cheers.